We represent you. Side again, Tupou away, Tedesco pulled it in, this time it's Kiri in support. We feel you by your presence. Via Rooster. Joseph Manu, a try that only Manu could score. Go, go! Well, Roosters fans, what a week on Roosters Radio. That number 40 keeps recurring. A 40-year-old record was maintained. 40,000 for our coach. And this week, it's 40-16 to 16 over the Canberra Raiders. Goodbye, Ricky. It's ta the goose. And move on to the Gold Coast Titans, where we've got the toolbox out. You can't hand a man a grander spanner, and we're going to tighten the screws. Silky and Bells, welcome to a great week of finals. It's a new comp, and I'm excited. Wow, big intro, Bush. I'm excited for this show tonight. We're going to speak to the one and only Boyd Cordner. Can't wait for that, but let's talk footy. It was a great performance by our boys. Uh, look, the Raiders had everything to play for, absolutely everything, and they, uh, well, they didn't turn up, did they? Roosters were, were dominant, 40-16. to 16. Kieran, three tries. Ben Marshke scoring his first try of his NRL career, uh, and some of the young players, particularly our bench, were really impressive. Mm. What a game of footy it was, boys. Thursday night, they just stormed it in. It was 40 to 16, an awesome wing, and some really good things happened to take into the finals. Like, yes, the Raiders played shocking. Their completion rate was woeful, but I was just really excited to see. I was actually excited to see the combos come together. I took out of that game that left-hand combination with Kieran and Toops. That was outstanding. I was just, um, I thought if they can take that into the finals, we can really um, shake some of these teams up. They just played so well together. Great to see Adam Kieran get a plethora of tries and uh, obviously hitting that post didn't do him too good. But uh, Siwa, kick one from in front. I mean, some great highlights for me. So good to see Josh Morris come back into the side and finish the season proper after such a stellar career and what he's done with our club. Really, really nice to see the return of Angus Crichton, who I just thought, crash ball Crichton, they're calling him, all the the judges that I know. Um, You know, he just takes that ball on the line so well. And, and, and you could just see his leadership. He got up and had a little bit of, um, you know, a little argy-bargy with Whitehead. And you could see it was a fair bit of respect there. So I think he kind of went, oh, it's you. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like he's pushing some young kid around. And then, of course, Matty Ikevalu on the wing, you know, albeit, uh, you know, sort of, you know, those knees to the head weren't too good to see. But great to see him return for the period he did. So lots to like for Roosters fans. Lots to like indeed. Look, Drewy Hutchison, I've been singing his praises on this wow. podcast for quite a number of weeks now. I love the way he plays, and he Show really and upped his game there uh, last week. He he just he commanded the football. He Best just, game I've seen him play. Oh, yeah, and what a what a time to have it as we lead into the semifinals. Look, he's a real footballer. Takes the line on. You know, doesn't mind running it on the, on the last tackle. Kicking. His kicking game oh. was exceptional. Look, that was his team there last Thursday night. I'm really excited that this week he's going to be playing with that type of confidence heading into the finals. And, and Silky, you've been saying this for a while, and we're both big Drew Hutchison fans, and the only thing you can say about Drew is give that man a new, because he deserves one. I think what you're talking about, the fans are seeing the growth in him because he hopped into a number six jumper that was owned by Luke Keary. He's had mixing halves with a young half in Sam Walker, and he's trying to sort of mentor Sam as well as create a combination. Then Lockie Lamb comes in. But I love that I think Robbo has taken Drew aside and said, Righto, 
you direct this side, and he's taken upon himself those kicks to the corners. I haven't seen that since Mitchell Pearce and uh, you know played at half. You know those quality of kicks, just pinpoint accuracy right into the corner. We're scoring lots of tries back in two thirteen. He's playing good footy, yeah. and his defence is sound. To your point, Bill, is that left hand side of attack? Uh, look, the players know we're going to come down that side, but they can't defend against it. And that's that's really good to see. But look, uh, uh, you know, he was a standout for me. Uh, I completely agree. His best game in in the in the red, white, and blue. But I thought our bench was also dominant. You know, the young fellas, Nafahu White, and and this monster Tuku How Tapuha. Wow, huge. he is an absolute behemoth. <laughs> uh, look, he had, he had one little dropsy early in the first half, but he got plenty of minutes. And this is look, we we come back to it again. Like, it's so exciting, season 2022, because we're blooding all these young players. Egan Butcher, I think he may have played 80 minutes, and, and he topped the tackle count. So, the, you know, it was just a great performance, and I, I was delighted with the score. Egan Butcher's really exciting to watch. As you just said, I can't wait to see him next year hit hit the field again. He's just, he's. I think he's going to be one of those ball-playing second rowers. Um, he showed a couple of offloads on the weekend and uh, some footwork that to the line was just, it was really good. So uh, he's really going to be uh, promising to watch next year. Bills, he always seems to poke his nose through the defence and he mm. threw that beautiful inside ball to Teddy that ended up being a try. So he's a ball-playing back rower and, uh, you know, they're rare in the, in the modern-day football, but uh, he's a good one. Absolutely. And I think, Silky, to see the young players debut and, and uh, you know, Coach Robinson bring back some experience to the side, it was the perfect mix. And then this week, with Victor coming back in, there's so much to like and look forward to. Speaking of things to like, guys, after the break, we're going to talk to our captain, Boyd Cordner. He's up there in the bubble, up there in Queensland. Look, it's all been said and done. He's now retired, but he's been in the box. And I really look forward to having a conversation with Boyd. You're on Roosters Radio. And when we come back, the man himself, Boyd Cordner. Well, Roosters fans, it just gets exciting every week. He'll silky and bells. Last week, we dusted off Ricky Stewart. And I tell you what, we showed great leadership across the park. We've got young leaders. We've got Teddy, our new captain. But I tell you what, on this week's show, we've got a man that is revered by all Roosters fans, a man that is loved. And we say it all the time when he comes on, men want to beam, women love him, kids absolutely idolise him, and we still do on Roosters Radio. Would you please welcome our captain forever, Boyd Cordner. Boydie, welcome to Roosters Radio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me again. It's good to be here. Brody, if I could kick it off first. Look, I want to take it back to the first time I heard your name. As a matter of fact, I was working on the wharves and Greg Evans uh, was sitting at Smoker and said, mate, a mate of mine's young bloke's coming down to Sydney. He's got plenty of ability. I think he'll go a long way. He's going to stay, I think it was his sister's place at the time. But uh, that was a 16-year-old Boyd Cordner. Leaving, you know, leaving the family home, your, your old man, your brother. Tell us what it was like moving to Sydney as a 16-year-old to chase your rugby league dream. Yeah, uh, looking back on it now, it's um, there's a there's a ripe age, wasn't it? Um, you know, I've got cousins that were that are sixteen now, and I look at them, and they're still kids in my eyes. And um, I come down to Sydney with a dream, and I got thrown in the deep end pretty quick. I I was training with first grade at, at sixteen years old, had a full preseason uh, when Freddie was coach in in two thousand and nine, and. Well, yeah, it was an opener and I, I just, I said to myself, I was talking to dad every day on the phone and I really couldn't believe it for the first few weeks, but it's something that I, I really wanted to do. And if dad didn't think I could handle it, I don't think he would have sent me down that young. So I gave it everything I had. And um, I tell a, tell a story now where, where I was, um, yeah, 16 and I trained that 
pre-season with first grade and I went back home for school and they'll fly me down on weekends to play SG ball. Uh, I was still a year young for SG ball and it was after the third game we played at Penrith and after the game it was stinking hot in the middle of the day and we ended up winning and I come off and it was Peter O'Sullivan at the time. He was the recruitment uh, manager. He goes, quick, come over here. He goes, have you got your gear close? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, just inside. I said, why is that? He goes, get your gear. He goes, we need to go to Campbelltown Stadium. You know, first grade's playing a trial. I was like, oh, sweet, yes, no dramas. We'll go there and watch. He goes, no, no, you're, you're playing. I was like, oh, it's, it's like I couldn't speak. I was like, what's that? And he goes, mate, you're going to be playing quick. Go and get your gear. We haven't got time. We need to shoot over there. So all in like the one go, I, I sort of ran to that. I was like, mate, we've got to go to Campbelltown Stadium. I was like, he goes, yeah, sweet, no dramas. I'm playing. And he goes, yes, what? Like, are you serious? He, I was like, mate, that's what I heard. I think I'm doing so I jumped in with my boots still on. I remember going to Campbelltown Stadium, going in the sheds and, you know, guys like um, Nate Miles, um, Mark O'Mealy, you know, <laughs> Willie Mason. And I honestly couldn't believe it. I, I jumped in the ice bath and, you know, washed off, got gear on and ended up getting the last 20 minutes of that game. But and then I got on a flight, went back to school and told my mates they didn't believe me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was probably like my earliest memories of of uh, moving down to Sydney and, um, you know, giving it a crack at the Roosters. Mate, I look at your age now and when you share that story, I realise you've spent half your life at the club. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I've had a bit of time to reflect now since, I've, um, since I called it um, earlier on in the year and um, it's just... It hasn't flown like I've had, you know, so many, you know, different experience, life lessons learnt since the time that I've been down here and um, friends and, yeah, it's just been it's been a, a whirlwind and such an unbelievable experience and I'm so glad to, to be able to do it at, at the Roosters. Now, Boyd, just on the young boys of the club and I just wanted to go back to the beginning of your career again. Who was Boyd Cordner's mentor when you started your rugby league journey at the Roosters? Yeah, so when I come down um, as a 16-year-old, obviously going to training and, you know, it was only – so we played um, our under-16s grand final back home for the, for the Tarry Red Rovers and it was probably two months after that where I was going down and I was training in first grade. Um, and these are guys that we were pretending to be in the backyard when we are having backyard games of footy, like Fitzy and, and uh, Willie Mason and, you know, and then I was I was going to training with these guys. So I never really spoke much for the first two years. I only just knew what I was good at and I just stayed at that and I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted to gain the respect off them guys first before, you know, I wanted to know my place and respect them and it was their joining. I knew I was only coming in as a young guy. So, but when people see that, you know, I, like, I can remember the first, my first weight session, I walked in and I got handed this, you know, your your program and um, all right, partner up, but I was never going to go to someone and say, oh, do you want to be my partner? So I remember Sean Kenny Dow was the first guy to come over and goes, come on, you're with me, let's go. And, you know, stuff like that I'll always remember. And um, I remember Mitch Pearce. I'm sure you guys are very fond of him and how much of a good bloke he is and a kind heart. And That's probably been his biggest trait throughout his whole career was to how he connected with the younger boys and to make them feel like they belong. So, 
uh, Skidzy and, and Piercy, I, I got along with really well early. And and then the year after when Toddy came, we shared a special bond and we're still best mates today. Um, we speak every day and it's them guys that I didn't have a licence um, down in Sydney at the young age. And I remember when I used to catch a bus from training to go home back to Mascot. And, um, I was at the bus stop one day and Todd, you know, it was a long Anzac parade, mind you. He couldn't stop and he seen me and he stopped in the middle of the road and he ran down the window and he's going, what are you doing? I was like, man, I'm just waiting for the bus to get home. And he goes, no, you're not. He goes, jump in. And I was like, no, no, no. He goes, mate, jump in or I'm going to go, <laughs> someone's going to run up the ass and so, like, oh. so I went in and jumped in the car and he lived at Coogee, but he didn't mind going to Mascot to drop me off. And then after that, he'd come and pick me up every day and drop me off and I suppose he's got a fairly bad rap with, you know, the mistakes that he's made. But guys like that, I'll always, you know, have time for. And, yeah, I just I just love looking back on times like that. Let's fast forward. It's your first grand final. And can you talk us through, you know, the excitement? I mean, you go from being a 16-year-old playing in a trial and such a great story. It means so much, you know, to you and your family. Then you actually make your debut and Toddy Carney kicks that field goal. Talk us through that first premiership for the Roosters, the first premiership win and what it was like to be part of that and what it meant to you. Yeah, so that year was um, it was one of my favourite years. Definitely, you know, the signing of uh, Robbo and then we had um, just a couple of, of marquee signings, Michael Jennings, uh, Sonny, James Aloney, arguably all in the prime of their career. And we started the year really well. I remember... It was halfway through the season and we were sitting around the top of the table and we had a we had three matches, which was a tough stretch for us leading into the leading into the buy round just before origin. And I thought to myself, if we win these, we'll win the comp. And sure enough, we, we ended up winning all those. And I remember sitting in the sheds just before that buy going, looking around, going, We're gonna win the comp this year. I was only twenty-one. Um, and then that the next week um, in the physio room, I was getting treated and uh, Minnie walked in and the first thing I said to him, I was like, hey, Minnie, you was the captain. He goes, yeah. I was like, mate, we're winning the comp this year. And he goes, mate, 100% we are. And he told that story uh, when we were sitting around at my retirement and it was a couple of games. Well, I was getting, it was after Origin and um, I was lucky enough to debut in that game three that year and I had all the confidence in the world. It was probably my breakout year, I think, with um, with my NRL career and um, everything was going well. And then I ended up doing my ankle. Two rounds heading into the finals and I had to get surgery on my syndesmosis. And it was one of the first surgeries, the new surgeries they'd done with all the tight ropes. Now you hear of the boys just getting back in six weeks and, and whatnot. So... The guy, he, said, he operated on it and come out and he goes, mate, it's normally about a 12-week thing. I was like, mate, I'm getting back in six weeks. I'm going to play the grand final. And he's like, oh, look, you know, he started, sort of got the shits. And I was like, mate, you do what you want sort of thing. I was like, yeah, no drama. So I said to the physio in that room, I was like, you guys get a program together that's going to get me back in six weeks and I'm going to do it. And they're like, oh, yeah, sweet. So I don't think they knew that. I was going to do it. But anyway, I ended up getting sweet and I was I was right to go for the for the prelim to get into the grand final. That was against uh, Newcastle. And then the boys were killing it. And then they rested me because uh, Luke O'Donnell ended up uh, being fit to play. So they were like, oh, look, if we win, we'll get you sweet for the for the GF. But then I started to think, 
you know, these guys aren't going to change a winning team. So <laughs> all, all through the first few days of that week, I was like, mate, I'm not playing. I was like, what's going on? And I started doing my head and then Robbo called me into his office. I'm like, oh, no, this is it. Like, he's going to tell me I'm not going to play. Like, how am I going to act? And then next minute he called me into the office and sat me down. He goes, look, mate, I'm going to start you. I was like, oh, how good is this? Like, let's go. Like, I wanted to play sort of the next day. Gave me all the confidence in the world. And, yeah, went to, to play Manly. Um, it was 8-6 heading into half time. We were sort of in a commanding position. And then straight after half time, we they got two quick tries. And I um, they were up by about uh, 10 points, I think it was, with probably about 20 to go. So I remember, I think it was Jimmy breaking through past the cat then to Skids and then Aiden scored and we are up by two. And then obviously Jenko's try near the end there and we're up by eight. Um, yeah, we're up by eight with five to go and I can just remember that last five minutes, holy hell. And yeah, that was, that was such a great memory uh, for me looking back on now and I suppose the week after that and the partying and the celebrating, it's, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Body fast forwarding to uh, 2018 in your career, you're the captain of New South Wales, you're the captain of the Roosters, you've made your debut for Australia and, and taken the captaincy there. There's an iconic photo in rugby league and there's many of them dating back to many premierships and, you know, Mal Meninga and Clive Churchill and coaches and, and, you know, Jack Gibson in a fur coat. And as far as iconic grand final photos go, there's one of you and Jared and you're so emotional yet so happy. And can you just explain to our fans what that meant to you and, and what you were feeling at the time and, and how special that moment is? Yeah, so um, I suppose you could call it a long time between drinks between our last... 2013 to 2018 and I don't think people realise how close we were um, in between them periods with um, making the prelims. I think we made the prelim final in 2014, got beat 15, the same result. 16 was a, a write-off year with, um, you know, whatnot. And then 17, we got beaten the prelim again. So I'm thinking, I'm like... Oh, like how hard is it to, you know, I experienced it early on in my career and I probably took for granted how hard it was to not only make a grand final but to win it. So I said to myself, if I ever get in this position again, I'm going to soak it up and I'm going to make sure, you know, I enjoy it. And I remember, you know, that week of um, 2018 leading up to the game and we were, we were so ready, the boys that were there that have tasted you know, what it was like in 2013 to then be knocked out in three preliminary uh, finals since uh, we are ready to go and there was no way we were going to lose that game. And I think you're seeing the way we played against the Storm is still one of the best games that I've been involved in, um, hands down. And we were up. It was near the end of the game and I think it was when uh, Cameron Munster got sent off and kicked Joey in the head and we took the two to just, you know, it was about five minutes to go. And that was just, you know, icing on the cake and I, I just something just come over me. I knew we won it at that moment and Jared was just there and I don't know what come over me or, you know, I just seen him and it was like excitement. It was, um, you know, tears of joy, all these emotions and it just all sort of come out and I look back on it now and I know exactly what you're talking about, but, you know, I'm not even embarrassed about it. You know, I'm like, that's... It was just in the moment and, you know, to see 
one of my best mates and he's been there through it all with me standing side by side to finally be on top once again. It was at that moment we just, you know, like I said, I didn't know how to feel and the best best times, the best memories ever. So, Boyd, you just mentioned how hard it was from 13 to 18 to, you know, so long to get a premiership win. And then the next year, the following year, 19, back-to-back. Tell us about that experience and and how that impacted your life at that time. We had the same squad, so um, we were more than confident with, you know, our ability to get back there. But I think we had our different challenges in 2019 with injuries. We started the year off. Obviously, yeah, pretty well. And we had um, injuries from about round four. And I don't think we fielded the same team until probably the first week of the finals, our full strength team. And, um, yeah, right, okay. yeah, came on. Yeah. Oh, he's back. Um, yeah. Yeah, go on then. JWH. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's in the building. King of the kids. Yeah. And, we, we had our injuries and we we're going we we're still going really well and it was guys debuting like you see now Satili Tupanua he debuted um, semi Verils you see the games that he's playing now so looking back on it now it probably was a blessing in disguise again in that final series we had all our team back and we talked about it all year it was like we're nothing this is it's not going to be a good year unless we win it again and we go back to back and beat the storm in the prelim and yeah the same thing all that week no one wanted us to win it was all about the Raiders and we just we love that we love that um, you know even though we were favourites no one wanted us to win we could feel that all week even in the media they were you know everywhere was walking around was green and, and even though there's the grand finals in Sydney the whole you know everyone was jumping on the Raiders bandwagon so that was definitely one of the toughest games we played but that was just so satisfying after that to, to be able to win it like we did and have Cooper in the bin pretty early and to hold on in defence and then, yeah, to go back to back and then have that whole thing again, that whole week of just partying and, oh, mate, it's just, that's why he plays. Um, it's to, for their memories and to have that moment to, you know, do that lap of honour and see your family and friends and then knowing the week ahead what's going to be with, you know, just like obviously stupid amounts of alcohol and good times. Lots and, of yeah, celebrations. It's just, um, <laughs> yeah, the celebrations, it's, uh, it's really good, so good. Mate, I want to talk about leadership and because you've captained at every level of the game, both club, state and the country. But people that know you, you're a quiet bloke. Your style of captaincy is more by actions rather than words, but when you speak, people listen. The role of being a leader, mate, I mean, you've always had an old head on young shoulders. Is it something that came easy to you? Yeah, I think so. I think when I was a young kid, I had a lot of growing up to do early, um, obviously with, uh, with the passing of my mum and I had dad to look after us. Sam. We lived with our grandparents for a bit, which sort of forced us again to grow up pretty old because Pop was, you know, a bit of a, a hard head and we sort of learned them old school values at a young age and, um, I've always said, and I've been asked a, a little bit about leadership and, and, you know, why. But for me, no one, I don't think anyone chooses to be a leader. Essentially, I think it's how you act and what sort of character you are as a person and, and your values and what you live by. And 
honestly believe that that's I just tried to stay true to myself ever since a young kid and I've got taught that you know obviously from my dad and um, learned a, a fair bit from my grandparents as well but I've sort of never wavered and I've always knew you know uh, what I believed in and and what worked for me and you know who I am as a person and for if you relate that to footy you know I, I'm not meant to, to toot my own horn but no, I'm a winner. Like that's what. You no, know, I hate losing, and um, I'll do anything for my teammates in this in the jersey that I'm wearing to to win. And ultimately, you know, that's what we're judged on is you know our success in the game. Like it's not, oh yeah, how hard can you play? But you know, if you lose, like no one's gonna. You know, we're we're in a, a, a job, a business where you know we we have to have success. So you know, I just wanted to obviously. You know, do the best that I could do, but with that come captaincy, and um, I accepted that. Um, I've had a lot of great captains before me, but when I got thrown in at a young age, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be a Cameron Smith, or I didn't want to be an Anthony Minocello. With all due respect, I wanted to be Boy Cordner, and you know, I've had my own style, and like you touched on, then I'm probably not the most local captain, but you know, I just wanted to go about my business the way I did because that's why. I was recognised as a leader because of who I am. So, yeah, I suppose that's my little bit on my experience as a leader. Bordy, just riffing on leadership, uh, you know, we're pretty fortunate at the Roosters that every other club hates us and they hate us because they envy us. They won't admit it, but amongst themselves they talk about it. And, you know, you gained a lot of respect from so many different clubs uh, just on a rugby league level who said, bugger the fact he's a rooster. You know, you you won him through New South Wales. You won him through playing for the Roosters. But we got great leadership. Can you talk to us a little bit about the influence of both particularly our chairman, Nick Politis, on you and in our club, and then Trent Robinson? Yeah, I think for Nick, um, with me, just knowing the the person that, that he is and the aura that he has in the rugby league community and, not just the rugby league community. I think he's well known, even if you don't know rugby league. And you know, for someone to him to show so much faith and um, in me, especially at the times we were talking about at the start of the podcast with my injuries, and you hear about you know the Roosters being pretty cutthroat, and you know they'll they'll move you on as quick as they sign you. But that wasn't the case for me. If anything, he you know. He, <laughs> He sort of, you know, reached out even more when I was injured and reassured me it's going to be okay. And for him to do that and a guy of his stature and you know, how much respect I have for him, it just made me want to, you know, run through brick doors for him. And um, I suppose that's the influence that he's had on a lot of players that, that are at this club. And I think he's shown that he'll do anything for his players. And if if you act the right way and, and do the right thing by the jersey and do the right thing by him, and um, yeah. I'm just so, so glad that, you know, I've got to experience my career here at the Roosters. Body, can you just put, um, you know, one finger on what it is about Robbo that makes him so special and then makes young men into what they are? I mean, what he's done this year is incredible. And he's had great players like yourself to rely on and mentor him. But what is the Robbo factor? Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever met a person that can bring a group of men together um, and make them believe um, as much as he does. You know, it's pretty amazing to see, you know, especially last year when we are going through all the COVID stuff and everyone I didn't know what was happening. And 
know, I remember being in the office that, that day when the news board had come on and they, they called the game off and suspended the game and we were all looking around going, what do we do? And we're, looking, we're asking Robbo and everyone was going, mate, what do we do? And, you know, that's a sign of like, I've never seen that before about grown men who are, we consider ourselves, you know, people in the roosters and we're turning to Robbo and we're asking him, we go, mate, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? And, yeah, for him to have that respect and off, you know, the whole club, like I said before, I've never met a person that can bring a not only a team but a whole club that sort of, you know, relies on him in a way to, to lead us because essentially whatever he says we're doing and that's a reflection. The way the boys are playing now is a reflection of Robbo's coaching because, yeah, like I said, essentially whatever he says we do. So... Um, I think it goes to show how much respect the boys have of Robbo. I know I speak for all Roosters fans when we, uh, you know, after the announcement, we, we probably shed a tear, as you did. But have you got a message for the fans, mate? Another another big thank you. Um, you know, since I was a kid, since I was 16, coming down and being at Fan Days and them already knowing my name. And there's a, there's a, there's a big part of them that, I went out each week to to try and perform at my best, and that was to sort to make them proud as well. And you know we've gone through some tough times, especially at the start of my career, and then to to have that success through you know that decade, it's um, you know they deserve it all. They they biggest supporters, even when you when you go on bad, and I can honestly say that um, they they drove me to be um, a better player and a person, and to try and be. Um, available to them whenever they needed me. So um, thank you very much, guys. Bordy, we know you've given us so many great memories as a, as a young debutant, uh, you know, into our Roosters captain, back-to-back New South Wales victories, riding the roller coaster with you, Australian games. And then obviously as you're headed towards the twilight of your career and having to make that decision, I think a little bit of us retired with you as well. Because you have coined a, a great, you know, the, the Gidley f- uh, flick or, you know, the Ricky Stewart torpedo in rugby league things are known, Michael O'Connor goal kicking, the cordon of carry, you know what I mean? It, it, and kids kids call it the cordon of carry. We tell them that at, at footy training for our young kids. But um, we, we just want to thank you so much for all the memories given us on the field. And I've got a sneaky suspicion you're going to give us a fair few memories in the future off the field with being involved at the Roosters and everything else. But I believe you have got a special announcement for Roosters Radio fans. Yeah, I do. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm looking for, for work and something to do. So, everyone get ready. Um, I'm going to be coming in and doing a couple of co-hosting sessions with the boys on on, on Roosters Radio. So, 2022 sure it is. everyone's tuning in. I'll be on the, the desk a bit more and grilling some of the players and giving everyone an insight into the, the inner circle of the Roosters. So, I'm looking forward to it and... Can't wait to be there with you guys. Well, mate, it starts now. Let's talk a bit of footy. We got we got the Gold Coast uh, this Saturday night. Nice how are we gear looking? Nice. How are we looking? And how are we going to beat this mob? Yeah, no, we're looking good. I think apart from Joey Mano, it's it's the best side that we can field. Um, our strongest team, and um, since we've been up here, so um, boys had a really good session tonight, and um, they're they're raring to go. They know what to do, and they know what's on the line, and you know they're. They're, they're raring to go, I can tell you that right right now. Well, fans, the artist formerly known as Boyd Cordon, now known as the co-host of Roosters Radio 2022, <laughs> Boydie, 
Great scoop. Thank you so much for spending the time, mate, the insights, and uh, just a great interview and taking us along the journey. We really wish you the best. We're huge fans as always. Thank you for your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you very Mike. much. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. There you go, Roosters fans, Silky and Bells. What a terrific leader Boyd Corden has been for our club. I mean, to take him along the journey and, and, and you know, it's just great insights. Mate, he's he's one in a million. He's just a great human being, uh, and it was just thoroughly enjoyable to have that conversation with him. Well, boys, I can't wait to have him on as a co-host next year. It's going to be amazing. We're actually going to have some football experience on the team as well. It's outstanding. <laughs> oh, well, Roosters fans, you've got something to look forward to. Our first lady of Roosters Radio has announced it with Boyd Corden in 2022. But, guys, right after this, let's talk about this week as we tighten the nuts and bolts on the Gold Coast Titans. You're on Roosters Radio. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Boys, exciting times. The finals are here this weekend, Saturday night. We take on the Titans. Lots to look forward to. We've got Victor Radley coming back in, JWH coming back in. It's going to be a great game up there on Saturday night. How do you see it? Bells, I can't wait because my favourite rooster was playing his 200th. Daniel Tupu, can't wait for that. And I reckon they'll rise as one to uh, celebrate another victory on a milestone match. Look, I tell you what, on paper, the Titans side is a pretty handy side. They've got rep players across the park from their backs and their forwards, uh, you know, and coached by former Rooster and Justin Holbrook. I'm thinking it's going to be a real tight game, to be honest. I think it's going to be a really good game. Both sides have got points in them, but I think defence is going to win this match. So, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to the battles. Look, I'm excited about the return of Victor Radley. I think he's going to take pressure off our halves and add that other ball-playing option. And, Silky, you just said it. It's in defence. And in semi-final games, you need big defence and some key moments. Victor's provided that over the last couple of years. And I just think he bolsters up our pack like nothing else with enthusiasm, uh, that little mix of, uh, you know, a little bit of youth, but a heap of experience for such a young man. So, uh, in Victor, we trust this week. And it's Roosters, 18, Titans, 16. Wow, a close one, Bush. A real close game there. Look, I'm looking forward to JWH, our leader from the front, coming back in um, up the middle. You know, he just brings so much to the side. And, yes, Victor coming back in and that ball playing as well. And I'm also looking forward to seeing what Egan Butch is going to bring to the finals, that footwork and that um, ball playing and offloading, setting up Teddy again up the middle. But um, I think it's going to be a bit bigger than that, Bush. I'm picking 28 to 14. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Look, I'm with both of you. I think there's some really key matchups. I'm really looking forward to the matchup of the ones. Young uh, Jaden Campbell, Preston Campbell's young bloke. Exciting. Really mm. good young player. Scored a great try last weekend up against our man, Teddy. You know, we forgot to add that he, he did go for 260 metres last week, which he's been doing it for the past month. Look, I think the uh, the matchup that really is a mouthwatering one is the two locks, Victor Radley and uh, Tino Faasamuele. Yeah. Definitely. And also, we're going to have to handle for feeder as well. Well, he comes off the bench, yeah. So, uh, and I think we know what he's going to try and do. We'll be looking for our small men. Uh, he's done that in the past. So, that's his strength is to find the small men and try and isolate them. And he's, he's dangerous close to the line. Look, Egan Butcher and Isaac Liu obviously are on the bench this week, as is Sammy Walker. So, fair bit of strike power coming off the bench. And with that in mind, I think we will win. But I'm, I really do think it's going to be close. 
Uh, I'm going to say Roosters 24, Titans 20. Wow. There you have it, fans. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We want to thank our special guest, the man himself, Mr. Boyd Cordner. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. It's finals time. East, East to win. win. You've been listening to a Radio Hub production. For more information, visit radiohub.com.au.